hey there, friends. My name is Max Critchfield. I'm the pastor of College Age Community here at Three Crosses. This podcast exists for the purpose of helping young people flourish in life and faith. In this season of the Praxis Podcast, we are talking about discerning decisions, seeking guidance as it applies to making decisions, large and small, as faithful followers of Jesus. We selected this topic for the Praxis Podcast because, especially for young adults, perhaps there are a lot of big questions in this time of life that need discerning. Questions like, where do I go to school? Do I go to school? Do I get into this relationship? Do I end this relationship? Do I attend this church or that church? Do I stay here or move there? All these questions and a lot more you may be asking in your young adult years and beyond. So the question is this, how do we have those questions, walk through those seasons, and come out on the other side with, you know, not 100% complete certainty, but a peace, the direction that we're going in feels like the next right step in our walk with God. We're getting into those questions and more this season, and we're so glad you're with us. And in that vein, we're a few episodes in now to this season of Discerning Decisions, and as I have been at several points already, I'm joined here by my friend, Patty Crone. Say hi, Patty. Hello. Patty is the Director of Care and Equipping here at Three Crosses, and we are blessed to have her with us as we dive into these exciting topics. Well, uh, here on the Praxis Podcast, we like to start each conversation with the precious moment. Something in recent memory that just brings a smile to your face, something that's sparking joy at this time. Uh, People often comment how they find it humorous that I often don't tell people about the precious moment until like right before the podcast, but you knew about it. Um, (laughs) So it's not a surprise. Maybe you hadn't thought about it before and I can't say I did. So um, So that means you want me to start first so that you can think of one. (laughs) Patty, you have a precious moment. I'll spot you. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, so we've been walking through a difficult time of actually discernment with one of our daughters is severely disabled. She lives with us. She's an adult, young adult. Okay. And we're having some difficulties with her day program and are needing to switch lanes. So we pulled her from her day program. We're in the process of finding something new. So this morning, my husband and I are working at Starbucks together. Sorry, Cafe Four. (laughs) And uh, we're working at Starbucks together and she's sitting in between us and she just keeps giggling. Mm. She's nonverbal. Um, just so delighted to hang out with us. And I don't know why that just sparked so much joy that in the midst of a season where it's not worked out well for her so far in the East Bay, and we hoped it would be, we were, we believed it would be an amazing change for her transition, she was giggling with us. And I just, it gave me so much joy Mm. um, as I'm wrestling with the decision to come here and watch her struggle that she's fine and she loves us and she gives us grace and she giggles. So that Mm. sparked a ton of joy. That's beautiful. And Jeff helped me with that answer too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I said, I got to have a precious moment today. And he's like, isn't this it right now? Ooh, like, ooh, dang. snap. Let's see. For me, if people listen to season Yeah, that was one, enough stalling. You got to come up with your precious moment now, <laughs> I was, I was thinking, Mr. Max. Come on. For people who listen to season one, they know a number of mine revolved around um, my children, of course. And um, a few of them were about my youngest daughter, Eden. And... Um, She's just a real treasure. They're, they're all amazing kids, my three girls. Uh, but something that happened, maybe this, I think it was this last week, was um, she's still been like wearing like a, like a night diaper, mm-hmm. you know? And Is she okay with you telling the story? 
Yeah, she's okay. five. <laughs> okay, you can ask for forgiveness. Is that a permission? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she'll ever hear this, but I'm talking about how brave she is. So anyway, all that to say, I was just like, hey, you're you're a big girl. I don't think mm-hmm. you need that anymore. She was like, I think you're right, Dad. Oh, so, um, precious. This last week, I think she had one accident, but in that time since I was just like, you know what? I think you're big now. You can mm-hmm. do it. I believe in you. That's and cool. she was like, okay, Dad. And it worked. So um, that brings me joy today mm-hmm. and the joy of maybe having to buy less diapers. I mean, we've been sure. buying diapers for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my, my oldest is 10. And so it's like, hey, you know, get a little, uh, little budget relief there. And it's just fun to see your kids take a step. You Absolutely. Know? It makes me think of our middle girl night before her, believe it or not, this is not a lie or an exaggeration. Night before her second birthday, yeah. she was a thumb sucker, but but really articulate at two. She was amazing. I said, "Okay, big girl, tomorrow too. It's time to give up the thumb." She was like, "Okay, mommy," and she never sucked her thumb again. Wow! I know. I'm glad I had more children than just her. <laughs> I would think I was the amazing parent. But yes, <laughs> yeah, it's super fun to see him grow up, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Even at three and four, yeah. Well, with that, we get into today's subject matter. And so we talked kind of beginning this season about the what and why of discernment. Like, what are we talking about? And then kind of last time we talked about some foundations of discernment. I'm just kind of like, what are we, what's some of the theology, some of the framework as we're entering into specifically discernment as it applies to decision making. And um, at this juncture, I thought it'd be cool just sort of as we're building the foundation and then we're going to get into just some of the different ways in which we come to a discernment. In fact, I was kind of thinking about it, I think in pictures, um, about building something, hmm. you know, and I'm kind of like, I like a DIY project, you know, mm-hmm. I got a lot of things at my house that I tell people, if it can be built out of two by fours you got it. and screws and plywood, I'm your guy. It's you just know? Legos for grownups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just grew up kind of working with my dad. I got a bunch of tools and stuff. And so, like, for example, I have this rolling TV stand in my living room. We actually built it to use it outside, but now I use it in my house because mm-hmm. our, our TV used to be mounted to the wall, and now it's not. And so I was like, hey, I'll just build a stand. So I got some various construction wood, you know, two by fours, four by fours, some plywood, and slapped something together, some casters wow. on the bottom. And it actually works really well. And you can like pull the TV really close to the, you know, the couch so you can like see it. So it's like the same impact of like maybe mm-hmm. having a 70 inch TV on the other wall. Yeah. It's like having a 40 inch TV close right up. there. Yeah. So did you do a YouTube so we can all learn how to do this with you? Yeah. Yeah. I think you should. I think I, okay. <laughs> I'll put that on my list, Patty. <laughs> um, There'll be a link in the show notes. Yeah. Link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> that won't go anywhere. But um, you know, so when I think about a project, I mean, you know, like, hey, I'm going to build a TV stand. I'm going to build this outdoor sofa. I'm thinking, what tools do I need? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm kind of going over to my my shed. I'm looking in this box of like, okay, I'm going to need these screws. I'm going to need this. How, what, what kind of combination of tools are going to get me to the completion of this project? It's a great picture. And I think in part, sometimes when we're in facing a decision where the answer isn't immediately apparent, you know, we're kind of thinking about something like mm-hmm. that. You know, we've already heard some case study stories in this season of people who were like, this is not a simple build. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't just kind of an, an easy fix it and we're done. So now I'm kind of thinking about, yeah, what are those tools? What am I drawing out of the toolbox to help me build something, right? To kind of create um, 
what it is that I'm I'm aiming at, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about tools, all that mm-hmm. to say, you know, that they kind mm-hmm. of, after we kind of build this foundation, different tools in the toolbox, talking about the role of scripture, talking about the role of community, talking about the role of, you know, even lo- looking at our own feelings, ambitions, dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's a combination of things that we gather together to, to build it. That's cool. I love that picture. So... Today, I wanted to talk a bit just at the start about the role of the Holy Spirit um, in decision-making. And I, I was thinking about this because I think sometimes you might say there can be like twin dangers perhaps in discernment and thinking about the Holy Spirit is on one hand, we can maybe over-spiritualize sometimes, you know, where we talked about some of this in previous mm-hmm. episodes of just yeah. like, God, I'm not going to choose chicken or fish until you give me a mm-hmm. sign, you know, yeah. and part of us can feel like until I get some thing, mm-hmm. some supernatural, clear, light. <laughs> clear mm-hmm. thing from the Lord, I'm not going to do anything, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so that's kind of one side of the mm-hmm. pendulum. And then really the other side kind of is under spiritualizing is like, okay, just the power of rationality, making yeah, a list pragmatism. of pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to pick the one that has more things in this column, you know, which really is subjective by the way. (laughs) Right. For Mm -hmm. sure. So, and we just kind of really eliminate the sense of the supernatural, you know, or from just experiencing God in the midst of our decision-making altogether, you know? And I think just my heart behind just having this brief conversation about the role of spirit the Holy Spirit in decision-making is, I just think about that, that scripture that, you know, the same power that mm-hmm. raised Christ from the dead mm-hmm. is living in you, yeah. is living in us, right? That that's the, the seal of our inheritance mm-hmm. in Christ. And I mean, across the pages of scripture, we see that everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? And so... What a gift. Kind of on these, mm-hmm. these twin guardrails, I guess, of over-spiritualizing, under-spiritualizing, but embracing this reality that um, the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in me, the same Absolutely. power that raised Christ from the dead is God's promise to me, then how do I experience that? How do mm-hmm. I live in that as I seek to make decisions? Yeah. That makes me think of Jesus, uh, Paul's other words about in him we live and move and have our being, like yeah. this, the witness of God is through his spirit. That's really cool. I like it. I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Well... I think maybe just like a a high level question is like when we're asking the Lord for guidance in our decision making, you know, we talked about the importance of prayer that's come up in some of the case study conversations we have, you know, what exactly is it that we're looking for? You know, for believing we're speaking to a living God, that the the spirit of that living God living in us, um, what is it that we're waiting on? And I like this quote from... um, Elizabeth Liebert's book, she said this, she said, we are looking for signs of the Holy Spirit promised to us by Jesus before his death. We are looking for clues given to us by the scriptures, the word of God to humankind, but we need the guidance of the spirit to interpret scriptures and to see how they bear upon our concrete situations and decisions in this time and place. So, when you hear that question, Patty, what do you think of? When we're looking and asking the Lord for guidance in our decision-making, what, what is it that we're looking for? What would you say? You know, I think as an early believer, I was looking for getting it right and so, so to somehow maybe ensure an outcome or ensure that I wouldn't disappoint God. 
Um, I think as I'm growing to understand my father um, and his goodness, I'm now look at a quote like this and I see this as an opportunity to know the father, mm-hmm. um, to know how his world works, to participate with him in becoming fully human, becoming all that he has created me to be. He's given me these amazing gifts of his spirit, of his scriptures, of, of his people, um, and that my, my details of my life matter to him. Not as much that I get everything right. I'm not talking about sin or unsin. I'm talking about the gray areas. Not that I get it right, but that yeah. I join him. Mm-hmm. And, and I lean into the gifts. It's interesting that Jesus talks about, you know, you who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven. And the Luke version of, that, of Jesus' word says, will he not give you the good gift of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yes. I have to remind myself a lot. I have this incredible gift for decision-making and better than bread instead of a stone or a fish instead of a serpent, the best gift Scripture tells me I have from my Father of His love is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. But that does bring up the question of what then is the role of the Holy Spirit, and has that progressed in my growth too? And I, I think this is such a great question. I had so much, especially as a young adult, and still, of course, ask myself, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the decision-making process? Okay, we've got this great gift, but like your analogy of your tools, where does the, where does the Spirit fit in? Yeah, I think, and we're talking a lot about kind of the Scripture's teaching on the Holy Spirit, and obviously one of the most incredible places where Jesus details the role of the Spirit in our lives is in, in the book of John, you know, and it's one of my favorite kind of sections of Scripture from when I was a very young believer was uh, just kind of that point where Judas gets up to betray Jesus at the table when he finds him in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where like John 14 through 17 Mm -hmm. takes place. And I I love, as I just read that, I kind of just imagine Jesus kind of gathering his disciples close and like, hey, this is really, these are some of my final moments with you Mm -hmm. before I go to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, so I want you to know, among other things, primarily about the Spirit. You know, I said, in fact, it's better for you that go. I'm going away, mm-hmm. because if I don't go, then this comforter won't come, the, mm-hmm. the paraclete. You know, it's just, is, is this idea, there, there's a comfort piece, there's kind of this idea of like calling mm-hmm. out beside mm-hmm. you, within you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, all images and pictures break down at some point, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is kind of this promise of God's presence within mm-hmm. me showing me how to use the tools, you know, and like using the tools with me. Mm -hmm. And as you were kind of mentioning in him, we live and move and have Have our being being. like, Mm -hmm. he's, he's animating me. He's strengthening me. Mm -hmm. He's leading me. Um, and I've just found in my own life that, um, it's been this lifelong journey of just kind of attenuating my mind and heart to his movements, Mm -hmm. you know, and also having a humility about getting it wrong, you know? And I think that's sometimes where, let's maybe call it, I mean, we're talking about charismatic. We're just, I'm just talking about it in a general sense of like Mm -hmm. things of the spirit. Obviously that's like a denomination. We're not going to get into like a whole Mm -hmm. (laughs) charismatic discussion today. Charismatic movements. Yes. But I do believe it's, we're talking about a charismatic process in the sense of I'm really looking to the active Mm -hmm. and supernatural working of God Mm -hmm. in me, you know, that I'm not just acting in a vacuum, like we said earlier, and God's just kind of 
looking at us with a disapproving gaze far away, but no, he's, mm-hmm. he's within us, he's empowering us, he's leading us. And, um, you know, there've been many times as I've sought to be sensitive to God's leading and making little decisions that, uh, I was just wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that, and I think sometimes it gets sideways where people just have this overconfidence that they yeah. know exactly what God wants them to say and do and what he wants them to say to other people. You mm-hmm. know, I've just had many conversations with people who've been hurt by mm-hmm. that kind of overconfidence. Yeah, God told and, me to tell you this. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. That can really go sideways. Kind of violates the, what is it, third command of taking the Lord's name in vain, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Ooh, another yeah. podcast, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's like, look, I... Jesus said he wants me to have this gift, yeah. the gift of his presence. He said, it's it's better for me that he's gone yeah. because the spirit is here. This comfort, this you know, convicting, leading me into truth. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll maybe talk a little bit more about some of scripture's teaching on the spirit, but. It's powerful too. It's in that whole context of, I yes, I'm leaving and they're anxious and they're asking a lot of questions. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. And that kind of connects to what we were talking about a little earlier that to, for, to neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit is to live orphaned. Mm. It's to not live fathered mm. in goodness. Wow. Um, so I love that. I don't know. I'm sure the, 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 the 12 weren't getting it at the time, but once the Spirit came and could experience the presence of God, but I love that Jesus uses that metaphor of of orphaned versus, versus loved and fathered. And I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I promise. You're, this is going to be even better. I'll be with all of you individually at the same time, all over the world. So pretty cool. It is quite stunning. It is amazing. We've talked a little bit about just kind of the shepherding care of the Lord. We talked about Psalm 23 Mm -hmm. and having that be kind of this dominant paradigm, perhaps, for how we view receiving guidance. And I think that what we're saying here is that the Holy Spirit is kind of the means through which the person through Mm -hmm. whom we receive that guidance, right? Absolutely. And we are reminded that we do have a shepherd and that he hasn't left us to wander mm-hmm. alone, but to gather us in. And right? his and his agenda is still waters and restoring our soul. Mm. And then in the inevitable valley of the shadow of death of life in this world to be with us in full power. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's really stunning. Well, I guess we're talking about the spirit and experiencing the leading of the spirit in our lives. And it's like, well, what am I looking for then? Mm-hmm. You know, am I looking for a sense of peace? Am I looking for some warm fuzzies? Right. Am I looking for a sign? You know, give me a sign, mm-hmm. you know, that this yeah. is what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Patty, as people are just asking like, okay, I want to experience mm-hmm. the leading of the spirit when it comes to decision-making in my life. How do I seek that? You know, what's, what's some things that we would say to somebody who is seeking just the leading of God. And obviously we're getting specific tools as we go on through this season, but obviously I think prayer, one Mm -hmm. of those things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what does, what does prayer look like? What are maybe other things of like, God, I want to experience the leading of your spirit in my life. Where ought one to begin? It's a great question. I obviously you have to begin with being a believer and being filled with the spirit. We have scripture that talks about the the spirit convicts the world of righteousness and justice. So yes. even be, before becoming a believer, the work of the spirit was in my life, wooing me to Christ. But to not oversimplify, but to not overcomplicate, the role of the spirit is to 
basically shine a giant spotlight on the words and works of Jesus. Mm. And so I guess I'm looking to the Spirit to tell me um, or to guide me into the remembrance, because Jesus talks about in John 14 that the Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I have said to you. Mm. So, But I think there's more in there than just the words of Jesus. Certainly the Holy Spirit. We're looking to the Holy Spirit. Remind me of what I have already know about Jesus mm. in this decision. In this yeah. decision, what do I know of Jesus' words, and what do I know of the person and the work of Jesus, the gospel, that helps me frame this decision. So I'm not only in obedience, which we've talked about, this is kind of gray area, but I'm also asking, um, Jesus, if you lived my life right now, what would you decide? Which is a different question than what would Jesus do? Yeah. Because we're not Jesus. We are inhabited with his spirit and what he would have us do may be different than what he does. And again, not to, not with sin, but with um, a decision-making. So in this process of decision-making with Aubrey right now, and trying to find a new uh, day program for her, you know, I'm asking, okay, bring to mind scripture, bring to mind spirit. I'm looking to the role of the spirit to bring to mind what I need to remember about the words and work of Jesus mm. so that I can say, I can discern how would Jesus love Aubrey if he were me? How mm. would he steward mm. her life? Um, so it's a framework. Um, of him living in me, making decisions that he would make if he were me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting that he tells the disciples, peace be with you, and then he breathes the Spirit on them mm. You know, as he's ascending. So I'm also looking at the role of the Spirit to not only guide me into a decision, but to also bring peace with that decision. Mm. But that can get tricky, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear you speak on that. Like, Peace, we have to be careful. I think in my early life as a believer, I I sat too much in peace. And if the, the Spirit isn't, isn't giving me peace, then I'm missing... If I'm not experiencing peace, then the Spirit isn't at work. Mm. But we need to remember that our own stories, our own propensities can affect our peace. Yeah. Like I have a super high prohibitive conscience. I can feel guilty about everything. And, and I'm over-responsible <laughs> oh, no. for people. Yeah. So even in coming here to Three Crosses, I... Didn't there were times I didn't have any peace because I was feeling the weight of relocating my family, and mm. the over responsibility was robbing me of peace, and so I had to I had to use all the other tools which we'll talk about. So, but but not to neglect the fact that the Holy Spirit is the peace that we get too in a decision. So again, those those would be the two that popped to my mind most: the works and words of Jesus framing how I would respond, and then the spirit breathing peace in the process and courage and power to follow through, right? Yes. The spirit also is going to give me the power to, to have courage. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? I'm just looking down at my notes and just as you were saying that, that was, that's one of my favorite kind of my paradigm scriptures is Acts 1-8, you know, mm. um, when the disciples are kind of coming to Jesus and they're saying like, hey, uh, when are you going to come back? You know? Mm -hmm. And he said, um, not. Uh, I'm not telling you. You're not going to know. <laughs> oh, the actual return. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, he says, but you will receive power, power. when the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit comes upon you mm -hmm. and you will be my witnesses mm -hmm. to Judea, to Samaria, um, to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria and to the ends and of the, the earth. earth. You know, mm -hmm. so he's saying like, hey, 
Yeah. Like, how long are we going to be? Well, like, they're looking for guidance, you know? Like, yeah. they're looking for reassurance. How long are we going to have to be gone? How long are we going to have to, like, be on our own before you just, like, come? Because we've been following you, you know, yeah. right? And he says, yeah, it's going to be different. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not here to tell you how long it's going to be. Um, and I think that kind of speaks a word for us in discerning of just for like, sure. when are you going to come back so I don't have to make decisions anymore? And I don't you know? have to be like, dependent. <laughs> I don't have to be dependent on your spirit anymore. I just, I'm going to have to like follow your leading and it's going to be hard, you know. But he says, but you will receive power, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I just thought that was interesting in what you were saying there of like, yeah, sometimes I'm, I, I have a, a peace on one level that this is mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. But I also don't have peace because I'm scared, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm worried and I'm worried of what's what's going to mean for other people. Impact. You know, I have this mm-hmm. flood of emotions about all these different elements, especially of a significant decision, right? Like a relocation, a mm-hmm. change of, you know, employer, all this stuff, right? So it's like I have peace in one way, mm-hmm. but not in another. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of at war in me. So and sometimes that can, sometimes fear can keep us Absolutely. from making the decision we know God wants us to make. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this word about the work of the spirit in us yeah. really strikes me. It says you're going to receive power. power. And that's an incredible transformation in the disciples, isn't it? Right. You know, you look at them in the gospels. They're these, they're a lot scattered of people, sheep. Scared. A lot of people point to that oh. as a reason that, um, that they're true. Mm-hmm. Is because the disciples look fo- so foolish in them, you know, right. that if they wrote them after the fact, they would have made themselves look better. Look better. They're, they're clueless. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, they're questioning Jesus. They're asking. You know, they don't understand the things he's plainly telling them. They look like fools. Yeah. You know, and then the Spirit does come upon them in the Book of Acts, and they're transformed. So he's you know? the hero, the Spirit. Yes. Yeah. And there's this there's this courage that wasn't there yeah. before. There's this boldness. Transformation. Mm-hmm. There's this resolute, um, mm-hmm. just perseverance even unto death for some of them mm-hmm. um you know i love that little there's a little kind of footnote in some of one of the encounters that the it says that they were unschooled ordinary men but they took note mm-hmm. that they'd been with they jesus. had been with jesus you know it's like who are these guys you know yeah. like they didn't go to the prestigious places mm-hmm. these aren't people of importance but there's a power in them right yeah there's um and they're making bold choices mm-hmm. to glorify and make much shine a light on Jesus, right? And kind of, you were talking about the work of the Spirit It's interesting, because when you say that, I'm wondering, tell me what you think about this. He says, you will be my witness, and how that connects to decision-making. I know the the literal interpretation likely is, you're going to be my witness in terms of you're going to preach the gospel. But aren't we also a witness to Christ, to the Holy Spirit, in our decision-making? When we do it with courage of the Holy Spirit— we are a witness to the world of a whole different way of discerning decisions. And that's a witness in of itself. And I've never connected that till you just said that. That's really powerful. I'm going to be thinking about the next decision I need to discern as an opportunity, yeah. again, to, to witness again to the power of Jesus through His Spirit. It's pretty cool. I love that connection. I had never thought of that before. Mm. Thanks, Max. Yeah. Well, thank you. I... Um... I don't know where cool. that came from, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Just connecting it to decision making, I think, is is the is the thing I hadn't. I don't know that I thought about that before. Yeah, I thought always connected it to being on mission. Mm. I hadn't connected. I will, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witness to decision making too, and just the beauty. That's just really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, even as you were saying that, I'm just thinking about witnessing the courageous decisions that other people have made mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. that pointed to Christ and yeah. his worth 
right. It does. Because when you think about somebody, maybe they're telling a story, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're just struck by like, wow. I mean, you took an incredible step of faith. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And in that sense, they're bearing witness, right, to the worth of Christ that I sensed and knew through the discerning Mm -hmm. process that this is what God wanted me to do. But it was scary. Absolutely. You know, and taking that step of faith was hard. But not only do are we blessed in that process as we walk in faith mm-hmm. with him, the people who are watching. watching. Or impacted. The people were worried about the impact are actually having a positive mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. That's because cool. it's like, man, I saw those steps of faith that you took. And how faithful and mm-hmm. Jesus it, was. God used that, mm-hmm. didn't he? So it's cool. Yeah, I think I think about that with we can talk about this another time, but our decision process in adoption, um, we had several non believing friends who commented about the process. Mm. You know, not so much the decision as much as the process. And I yeah, it's kinda it's kinda beautiful to look back and think about all the ways that we do witness to Christ that his spirit witnesses to the spirit within us witnesses to Christ that we're not even aware of at times. It's pretty amazing. We get to do this thing <laughs> in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wherever we are, mm-hmm. we're empowered to be his witnesses. Yep. And in, that includes in the decisions and we the make. the decisions we make. Amen. Well, is there anything we uh, want to say and by way of some closing remarks as we think about this role of the Holy Spirit in our decision making? I think the only thing that I was thinking about, and you alluded to this with over-spiritualizing and under-spiritualizing, I think another two extremes is that due to fear or deception in the past or abuse of the spirit, we can neglect that we actually have a spirit. And so yeah. we become uber pragmatic um, or we can be undiscerning with the spirit mm-hmm. and just everything is the Holy Spirit. Well, the spirit told me and the spirit told me and then God told me. And so I think that's why, and this excites me for our next episode, why the Holy Spirit is one piece, a powerful piece, the empower, the, the courage giver. Um, but in the discerning process, it's so beautiful that God has given us other aspects, other ways of discerning a decision um, beyond God told me by His Spirit. Um, I think that's such a beautiful way in which God uses His world and His people to partner with the Holy Spirit in our decision-making. So it helps us have freedom to not be afraid or to not, to not again, back to yours, not to under-spiritualize or over-spiritualize or to be afraid um, or to be overly confident, bold when that's not what we're being asked of. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still thinking through that too. And, and it's interesting thinking about the, the history of decision-making for me as a believer, and I can see seasons where I was just, you know, non-discerning of the so-called work of the Spirit, and then times I completely neglected the Spirit. And that's where the gospel grace comes in too, that we're never going to be in the middle of those guardrails perfectly, yeah. but we can also trust the Spirit to bump us back. You know, like when you <laughs> yeah. play, when you do bowl and yeah. you actually have bumpers in the lanes yes. and they stop the ball from going on either direction. Right. I think we've got some promises of God that that his goodness and his grace and his sovereignty, you know, we may hit the we may hit the bumper, but we're not gonna go into the what's it called? The what's the ditchy part of the bowling? It's the, not gonna um, go into the gutter. gutter. We don't we're not gonna end up in the gutter. Yes. Isn't that great? Yes. Gospel hope. In decision making. Yeah, you know, I think that one of the key elements of you know discerning in the Holy Spirit 
is humility, you know, and I think that that's kind of a fruit of walking in step with the spirit is being humble and open-handed because mm-hmm. I was Absolutely. alluding to this earlier. I can, I can't remember the exact moment or place. It's kind of a hazy memory, but I remember one time we were, um, we were, I was doing like an inner city mission in San Francisco. And one day we made a bunch of bag lunches and they were like, okay, you're going to make two lunches, one for you, one for like a, a person who's unhoused, you know, like kind of mm-hmm. hanging out in this plaza. And, um, so we all, went down to this plaza and I'm just kind of looking around of like, who am I going to have lunch with? You know? And I think at that point I felt like this nudge, you know, like mm-hmm. I saw somebody and maybe part of me felt like maybe this is the person that God wants me mm-hmm. to have lunch with. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going for it. And, um, I went up to him and said, Hey, you know, could I sit down and have lunch with you? And he said, no, yeah, no. You know, <laughs> and it was not like wiggle. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. You know, and I kind of went back and I was kind of in a tailspin a bit, a bit you know, because I was like, faith. wait, I thought that that was the spirit God told me that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think as you were speaking to your maturing process mm-hmm. over the years of, um, you know, the spirit and decision-making is that there'll be times where I'll feel a nudge, uh-huh. but the nudge doesn't have the final word for me. No. I'm not waiting on a nudge to make a decision Absolutely. if I've discerned from other places. You know what I mean? Right. So there have been times where, yeah, I'll feel a little something. Like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll go talk to this person or maybe I might be the one that God wants me to talk to them. And so I'm just open. Mm-hmm. I'm humble, you know, and it might, and there've been times where I've initiated that and looking back, it's like, that was of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, that that just kind of came in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that something, sometimes the feeling we have is what we had for breakfast, you know, it's, <laughs> Absolutely. Not, it's not the supernatural working of God. Too much Chinese food yeah. the night before. Yeah. And so I've just learned that I, I'm open, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listening and that sometimes a little something in my spirit could be God's leading yeah. and it could not. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with either, right. you know? And so just kind of that taking in that wider picture, yeah. the promise of God, the presence of God by his spirit in my life, mm-hmm. believing that, holding on to that is this precious promise that Jesus has given to me, mm-hmm. but also being with an open hand that I'm not one, mm-hmm. he doesn't promise that I'm going to be able to perfectly discern nope. right off the, you know, the get go, every feeling that mm-hmm. I have inside me. And so I just need to be wise in that. And things like the scriptures help to kind of enclose mm-hmm. those sorts of things. We'll get into those connections as we go on through the season. But I think that's something I want to just say at the end of just, I, I think, being open and being humble. Um, and like you said, like thinking about the Holy Spirit's work of like shining a light on Jesus of like, that's what I'm asking him for. Help me to see you. Mm-hmm. Help me to see Christ and his priorities, his person in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then that aids me then in my decisions. Yeah. Well, that was quite a conversation. Yeah. Uh, Patty, thank you so much for joining us oh, for so this fun. Uh, chat about the role of the spirit in decision making. In our next episode, we're going to start getting into those tools of just some different ways that we kind of build a decision and um, seek to faithfully follow God's leading for each of us in our time and place. So, Patty, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the Praxis Podcast. I'll be there. 